Let me get my headphones. You're headed in your pants? <laughs> yeah. If it was, that's the world's longest zipper. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome back to the Ruby Freelancer Show. This is episode 7 and this week we're going to be talking about design and working with designers. This week on our panel we have Eric Davis. Hi. We also have Evan Light. Hello. And Jeff Schoolcraft. What's up? And I'm Charles Maxwood from teachmetocode.com. One thing I want to point out before we get too far into this is that next week is Mountain West Ruby Conference. We're discussing whether or not to do a live episode there just with some folks, maybe over lunch or dinner. But uh, there may not be an episode next week. So just be aware um, if it doesn't come through, it's our fault. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually out here in my hometown. So, well, sort of, it's up in Salt Lake city anyway. Um, so let's, let's talk about design and designing, uh, working with designers. Um, I can tell you that, uh, my design skills are pretty sad. However, if somebody gives me a design in Photoshop or a PDF or something like that, I can usually tear it apart and duplicate it with almost a hundred percent accuracy. So are, are we talking about, I guess we're talking about both, you know, if we get something from a designer or if we're doing the designer ourselves do do any of you guys actually do any of the design for any of your websites on your own hell no um oh, it kind of depends no. like i can't draw i can't use photoshop any of that but if someone hands me html or if they have existing html css i'm pretty good at kind of going and tweaking it and adjusting stuff but oh, i'm not sure. that good at coming up from scratch at all right that, that's kind of the same place i'm at you know? yeah same here we if, all want to hear about Jeff, though. Jeff's got a good one, right? A good what? Well, I don't do any design. Oh, well, we've heard your opinion on designers before. That's why I was expecting a, an interesting I don't have remark. an opinion on designers. I'll make this disclaimer that I'll probably piss off every designer in our audience <laughs> this episode. But. Well, I, I think I think there are different uh, different layers to, to design and designers. I mean, if you're just putting up some cheap little site that you threw together that you're not really looking to make a whole lot of money on and you don't really need a strong brand around, I mean, you know, the, the layout doesn't matter as long as it looks nice. You know, it doesn't matter if you, you pay. mean like most of business sites. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they go out, they get a WordPress theme and that's it. And, yeah. you know, that that's totally fine. Um, if you're trying to build a strong brand around something or something like that, then you may want to get a designer that really understands the considerations that go into something like that and then pay them to build you something good. But, uh, you know, or something unique, something that, that kind of ties everything together. But uh, for the most part, the generic designs, I think, are perfectly fine. I mean, it also depends, like you said, like it's what you're doing with it, because my website for my consulting business, when I launched it, um, I paid a designer to come in and she made like from scratch, like three or four of like different pages with designs on it. And I've gone from a custom CMS to um, some static site engine to a couple of things to WordPress. And each time I keep carrying the design along, you know, taking the CSS, changing the selectors a little bit just based on the template. And I've actually ported that design and all the colors she used over to at least half a dozen other sites. So yeah, I mean, I paid, I think a thousand, maybe 1500 for my custom design, but I've used it all over the place. So it's like, it actually turns out that it's probably about the same cost as buying a theme for each site now. Right. 
So, so I mean, if if your if your brand is like you're going to build products or build a lot of these extra sites on the side, it might actually be worth it to sit down and really think about what you're doing and getting a good job done first off, and then trying to reuse that across the board. Right. So where do you go to get a, or to find a good designer if you're going to hire the one? internet? <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now mine came from. So one of my clients, they do a lot of design and the designer I used, I talked to her just offline and then um, through the client, that client. And so it's pretty much kind of a personal recommendation like, hey, she's in your price range. She does really good work. Here's examples of her stuff. Um, Other than that, I mean, you know, you can get templates from a bunch of sites. I think Jeff knows most of them. Um, and it's mostly just going to be word of mouth and like talking to people and, you know, looking at sites you like and asking who actually was behind the design of them. Right. So I, I want to jump in here real quick because I've actually had a site designed uh, recently and, you know, I paid the full boutique price to get it done. Um, and it is for devchat.tv, which is where I'm going to be consolidating all of my podcasting to. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm going to custom build the site. I'm going to use, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to use this design to put it all together. And the thing for me is that it's, it's very cohesive. It has a pretty strong, uh, themed element to it. It's kind of a Western rugged theme to it. And, um, anyway, it, 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 it's, it looks really nice. And, um, you know, for me, it, I want to create a strong brand and I want something that people, can see and go, yeah, that's devchat.tv and, uh, you know, not have it look like these generic sites. In fact, there are some websites out there that, you know, that I think this, their brand could really be strengthened by having a strong, cohesive, somewhat unique flavor, um, and brand on their website. And so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty happy with what I got for the money I paid and, um, you know, it, it did cost me a few thousand dollars, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it really does depend. I mean, for rubyfreelancers.com, you know, I've said this before, I'm working on a membership site there and, you know, I just went and bought a theme off of a website because I, I didn't feel like I really needed that kind of cohesive thing where with the other, I really feel like that's kind of the major direction I'm going and I want people to identify it and identify with it. So anyway, um, the person that I found, I actually found through the Ruby users group out here, people were asking around, you know, who are the, the design shops that you use? And, uh, so that's what I've done. Um, I just contacted a few of them, got some quotes and then went with the one that I thought would do the best job for the amount of money I was willing to spend. So I've, I've worked with a couple, um, the way I found the one that I like to work with was actually just kind of a friend of a friend sort of thing um, because he's a guy who would say he would get something done and, oh, my God, he would actually get it done and it would look really darn good. Before that, though, I had the pleasure of working on a project where the client supplied the designer and the client supplied designer was some fancy boutique in San Francisco who shall remain nameless. And they were full of fluff and they delivered everything late and they delivered a lot of crud that no one really asked for or wanted or needed and the client eventually got rid of them and started using his own family to or his own using his daughter specifically to do the design work yeah and of course no one could really tell him at that point that the site just wasn't looking as good once he started using his daughter 
So just that more like an amusing anecdote there, but not particularly useful. Friend of a friend really is is in a nutshell the I think a good way networking, which is what the you other two guys have said and Jeff hasn't commented on yet. Right. Well, the other thing is, is usually somebody who's referring you can say, this is what they did for me. And then you can kind of get a feel for what they can do for you. Yeah. So anyway, Jeff, what do you think? Well, I've found I've found designers all over the place. I mean, I've I've bought designs from Theme Forest. I've used designs from Rue Themes. I've had designs bought from Theme Forest, edited by folks on Odesk and Elance. I've hired people directly from Odesk and Elance. And sometimes that's a crapshoot. I mean, Odesk and Elance are tough. I mean, you get a ton of a ton of people to apply and you have to filter out really good in the beginning. And sometimes you hit big and sometimes you don't. And people go away or you just can't communicate with them or whatever. I mean, my the guy that did all my iPhone app design, I found on Odesk and he's just awesome. And I would keep going back to him for more stuff, but I found him through Odesk. Um, I've used 99designs, that'll piss off our developers. I've bought cheap logos for 27 bucks, that'll piss off our designers. <laughs> I've used 99 designs once. I, I, mean, I, I did too, and then I asked for my money back. No. <laughs> I didn't get a single thing that I liked. But 99 designs is tough. It was I used it right right after they came out and they made a splash like right around I don't know, 3 or 4 years ago. It was they had some promotion going on with the Rails Rumble and I, I used them actually for the design for the Rails Rumble. I had to pay more to get it done like over the weekend so I could use it. But in the beginning, it was easy. It requires a lot of feedback to go through all that. And again, pisses the designers off because it's spec work and... It's a big race to the bottom. Yeah. I mean, I, and I right. understand that. I mean, I don't want... By the same token, I mean, uh, who's the, I think there are two, maybe three companies in the last two weeks that have had basically API interviews. So if you want a job, you sign up, you apply through an API, which is a clever idea, but, and I'm not saying it's the same thing as 99designs. It probably doesn't take as much effort. Uh, who knows? I have no idea how much effort design takes. It's all magic to me, but it's, uh, I mean, it's the same type of thing. So I understand where people are coming from, but on the same token, I mean, I'm not going to spend $25,000 on a two character icon hash rocket, but I don't know. Today, the role of Evan Light is played by Jeff Schoolcraft. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I think there are a couple of different levels of, uh, of ways that we deal with designers. I mean, one is the designer that our client has found that they're paying to put the site together. And, you know, in some cases... <clears throat> In some cases, you know, it, it turns out that it is, you know, the the daughter or, you know, some firm that may or may not work out. Um, what what do you usually do if the firm isn't working out or isn't won't work well with you? I mean, do you just tell the client? I mean, that that's what I would do. I would just point out, you know, these are the issues. This is what we're dealing with. The design firm? Yeah. I think that's a tough one. It's um, I've only worked with a few companies that have had designers on staff or on contract or retainer or whatever. And one of them was probably similar to Evan's experience. I mean, that dude was super qualified, a high end designer, like 
crazy awesome, but the roles were so defined in that job when I was doing it. There was, I, I defaulted a bit, and I didn't have a problem with them, but I mean, the, there were so many, so many times when you want to make a tweak or some of the design maybe doesn't, to implement the design would add a ton of time and development because of how they want to do something. And so that would be a back and forth. And it's basically something that I'd throw back over the fence to the designer and uh, the main customer and let them work it out and give them feedback. But I mean, their their designer was pretty good about working with me. I don't know if that answers the question at all. No, I think it probably doesn't, but. <laughs> so for my part, I, I think it depends what the relationship is with the designer. Right. Um, when I heard this topic, I, I instantly had one thought, and that is ideally you get that designer to be a subcontractor to you on whatever project it is you're working on. So they're working for you and not the client. And that's not to snub the client at all. It's to ensure that relationships are well understood that you're not going to end up in a combative relationship with the designer because with this design shop that I mentioned the client had engaged them and the client had engaged me and the team I was working with and you know we were a bunch of freelancers too and so well we answered to the client but not to each other in any clear way so right. when it was clear that that they weren't getting done what we needed or what the client needed, well, we talked to the client about it. Yeah, that makes um, sense. And you know, when I've had someone subcontracting uh, to me, then it's easy. I just have a conversation with them, and there's there's really no problem. Yeah, that then, that makes a lot of sense. I actually have a client right now that has engaged a design firm, and he asked them to get me the design for the landing page so that people can start putting their emails in and stuff. And uh, that was the middle of last week, and I still haven't seen anything. So, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's that, too, where, yeah. The if, lack of transparency because they're a separate entity and they're not accountable to you. Right. Well, and you get into stupid uh, accountability documentation games, a bunch of mm -hmm. emails CC'd to everybody. Still waiting on this. It's been three weeks since you're supposed to give it to me. It's been four weeks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you have a small team and you're operating like a large company, you know you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you do have a designer engaged, either through the client or, you know, through your own company, um, to what level do you usually get stuff back? I mean, do you just have them put to, put together a design in Photoshop and then send you the PSD file or do you have them export it to a PDF or do you actually have them code up HTML and CSS? Um, I, I know some designers that will go so far as to actually do some of the uh, jQuery animations so that you know stuff hides and shows in the right way you know with the proper fade times and 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 all kinds of stuff where they're getting more into the UI design um what where where are you comfortable usually getting the the information from them more often than not any designer I've ever worked with will give me PSD or illustrator files and stop there I mean that and they don't want to get not a blanket statement but they just don't want to get into the HTML, CSS nightmare that is all the browsers you have to support. Now, most of the time, I'll take that PSD and throw it over to one of these chop shops that do it, and they do an amazing job for a, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, semantic markup, CSS, all that stuff. I mean, tested on a ton of browsers, so I mean, that's generally hmm. how I handle it. Right. Do you have any recommendations for chop shops, or do you just usually find somebody on Odesk or something? No, I do. I, I just... Trying to pull it up. I think it, I'll find it and have it as a picture. Links for show notes. Yep. Yeah, that, I usually get the PSD and then I'll I'll break it awesome. down. Awesome. Spike Beach Ball Skype. 
Uh-oh. So, Bye, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one thing that I've... Uh, that, yeah, I usually actually pick apart the, the PSD myself and uh, put it together. There are a few tools in Photoshop that make it pretty easy. They have the, the rulers and, you know, you can zoom in and out. And if they have it layered properly then it's, it's also pretty easy to just isolate the different shapes and, you know, use those to get your your uh, border radiuses and things like that. So, and at um, a minimum, I usually try to get a designer to break the page up into assets for me. And if, if I have to, I, I, I can do the CSS, but it's not my forte. I'd rather someone else do it. But at the very least, I don't want to have to be in the position of breaking their, their PSDs down into individual assets because, well, I don't have Photoshop. I haven't spent a bajillion dollars on it, and and it would just be way too much of a pain in the butt. And I don't want to be charging the client for that kind of time when I could be doing something more useful. Yeah, that that's true. It, it can be more cost effective to have a designer break it up for you. So, um, so you get the PSD, you get it broken down into HTML and CSS, and then you just kind of, you know, code in the back end and JavaScript from there. Do you, do you approach getting a designer differently if it's your own project versus a client project? I do. <laughs> yeah. That was good timing. You ask a question, there's silence and then click. <laughs> Um, yeah, so nice most of my client projects I'm doing with like an existing design, like, so for red minor chili project, there's already like, this is your base design base layout and you kind of have to put in your own stuff around it. Well, I've been working on a product that's basically brand new and all that. So for me, I actually, I don't even own Photoshop. I, I can't even run it. I have Linux. So I'm actually approaching it from like, I'm using Twitter bootstrap and then from there, adding on the layers, removing stuff I don't need. And all of my quote design is basically done in HTML. And it's actually, you know, the HTML that's coming out at ERB. And mm -hmm. I'm finding that's fast and nice. Like yesterday, I was playing with different fonts, trying to figure out like what fonts to use. And I mean, it only took like half an hour to go through about half a dozen fonts and actually compare and contrast how they're going to look. And then when I was done, I just deleted the ones I didn't need and moved on. So I didn't have to like, you know, put in a Photoshop, slice it up, export it, you know, do all those steps. I just put it right in the project and then let it go. But, right. you know, once again, this is a, this is a new product. It's something that's the, the code base is really small. There's not a lot of stuff going on. So I have that flexibility, but I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah, kind of like you know, what Eric was saying that that when I'm working on my own stuff, at least you know, anything remotely design related, I'm I'm not dog fooding in a good way. I mean, the stuff that that I'll use, I'll put up with crap that I would never never give to a client, <laughs> because I'm more concerned about well, I guess getting something that works or getting something simple out there, getting it out quickly. Whereas you know, clients often, when it comes to design stuff, they know what they want, so well, you got to give it to them. Yep. And, and that makes a lot of sense too. Um, just lost Jeff again. Yeah. I, I do like some of the frameworks out there like uh, Twitter bootstrap because you can get a decent looking site up pretty fast and you don't need to, you know, involve a designer at least initially. But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, again, depending on what your level is and, and where things are at, as far as your branding and your, you know, what, what you're trying to do with marketing, you know, you, you may actually go all the way up to hiring a designer. Um, but you know, I, I do like that there are options 
options there, tiers all the way up and down the the line. So I mean, you can go to something like 99designs and you know pay for a website design, and you're not going to spend uh, several thousand dollars on a design. Um, you can also go the next level down and just buy an existing theme and then tweak it. Um, you can get something off of Theme Forest or Woo, theme, Woo themes, like uh, Jeff said, or you can kind of use you know Twitter Bootstrap or something else and just do it yourself. And so there there are definitely a lot of options. Um, I, I want to ask another question about uh, UI designers um, or user experience designers because they kind of do a little bit different things than your, you know, your graphic designers that get in and make you a pretty site. You know, they, they actually focus on the usability of your website and things like that. Um, have you had much opportunity to work with them and what's been your experience? The uh, designer that that I talked about, the one I worked on one on one, he also was basically a user experience guy too, and did a pretty good job of it. Um, the design shop, well, I never got to find out. <laughs> find mm -hmm. out. That makes sense. Um, I haven't worked with any like I am a UX person only type stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Most of yeah, the people either. and designers I've worked with, they might do like mostly design but then they have ux experience and i mean really ux is like if you've been using the internet for a few years you kind of have some intuition about how ux should work you know so all you really have to do is kind of know you know you have your basic usage and you do a little bit of the research and find out like okay here's the patterns here's the standards and there's not really that much needed for ux i think for most sites if you're doing like a lot of heavy stuff then yeah you might need a lot of like you know, if you have like a, a wizard workflow or stuff like that, you might need a, a UX person that's specialized to come in. But mostly if you know the patterns and kind of know what a good functioning website looks like and you actually take mental notes when you're just browsing the web, I, I think that's good enough to at least get started. And you can, I mean, like with design, you can change it later. You can come back and tweak it and all that stuff. Yeah, I found that uh, depending on how complicated whatever you're doing is, you know, yeah, you don't necessarily really need it. Um, but when you're building a really complicated layout with a lot of moving parts, a lot of times if you get somebody in there, they can point things out that you didn't notice. Um, and the other thing is, is sometimes they'll point things out and then you'll realize that it really was awkward, but you are close enough to the problem to where you've just kind of adapted to it and you don't deal with it on that level. And so, uh, it's, it's really handy sometimes to have them. Um, I have a client that hired one, um, and he actually did a lot of tweaking on the, the overall design, but, uh, you know, and so some of the things that he brought up were pretty handy and pretty useful. And some of the things he brought up were just kind of, I thought they were kind of silly, but you know, it, it really, it really depends on the level of experience and, and what their philosophy is. Yeah. I found like, you know, user testing, whether it's formal or informal is best for that. Like, you know, like I actually run a lot of stuff by my wife. Like I'll say, Hey, can you, can you look at this and use it and tell me what you think? And I'll watch her. She's using it. And I'll notice like she's not noticing, you know, the big button over here that I wanted everyone to see right away or this or that. And one of my clients, they actually will send out like a design or a, like a prototype to their team of like 20 people or so and say, hey, everyone take five minutes and play with this and write down anything you can think of about it. And I mean, that matter of opinion and people who haven't been living in it for the past three weeks, that's that's invaluable. And that kind of gets mm -hmm. the big UX problems. And then, you know, once you take care of the big ones, the little ones usually, they're usually easier to do or, you know, you can do later on. Right. So, I mean, here's a, here's kind of a question I was wondering, like when you guys do brand new apps for clients, do you do 
like you try to advise them on like a branding and try to get them like, you know, let's pick your company colors and logo and all that? Or do you just try to like let them run off and do it on their own and you just kind of give advice as far as getting that integrated into the code? I do too many rescue projects. <laughs> They've already got a lot of that stuff by the time I get there. Right. Um, I have tended to let them find their own design experts. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue to do that. I mean, if they want to, they can. Um, but I, I really like the idea of subcontracting um, the design work out. Um, and and the reason for that is really then I can, I can find companies or people that I can work with. So, uh, you know, I can really kind of define that relationship and I can manage it so that the, the client A doesn't have to and B uh, doesn't find somebody that I just can't deal with. Um, but yeah, I, in the past I've just said, you know, I don't do design. Um, if you find a design company that can put together a PSD, then I can, I can chop it up, put it together and make it work. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've given, I think I gave one client an actual example of like, here's the PSD and here's the HTML. And I mean, they looked pretty much the same. I mean, within a few pixels here or there and, uh, you know, it, you know, they, they were happy enough with that to where they just found their own person. But I think you also have to realize that if, if the client's kind of a hands-off person, they're not going to be super involved. Um, then their feedback loop between you and the designer isn't going to be super terrific. I mean, because they're going to be slow getting back to the designer and slow getting back to you. And if that's the case, then, you know, the, the cycles between having a design done and getting it implemented in the app are, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really tricky. But, yeah, um, I have another cl uh, client that we're doing some work for. And uh, right now his stuff is still using the basic scaffold CSS that you get when you generate stuff in Rails. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, the functionality's there, it works, um, stuff's probably going to get moved around, um, but yeah, we're, we're waiting on some design elements from the designer uh, before we really get going on that. But, you know, he, he has the basic functionality, he can test it out, um, it works as, as advertised, and yeah, we're really just waiting to figure out where everything is, is going to live in the layout on the application. So, And he's managing that designer, which is why I haven't heard from him in a week. I've never been. I've never been in a position. I don't think I ever want to be in a position to, to be responsible for any sort of design direction for a customer. I mean, there are some shops that do that, right? I mean, Thoughtbot. I think they're pretty big into that when they, when they start with their. I mean, they have a lot of startup customers. Like, I it looks like, and they go through the whole process. And now my stuff, like Evan. I'm brownfield. Some of it's black, decayed field stuff that <laughs> I get on a regular basis. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. The only I would like, I would love to have, I would love to be able to have a designer subbed or on staff that was just able to make myself look a tiny bit more professional than the crap I can churn out with like Twitter Bootstrap or whatever whatever I find but I mean I don't think I ever want to get into the into the details of you should be blue or green or any of that stuff I mean that's just not interesting at all to me yeah what color is my customer <laughs> <laughs> you can get into trouble asking those kinds of questions <laughs> I wasn't thinking that <laughs> but yeah 
Um, one other thing that I, I really like about the designer that I hired for devchat.tv is that they really do kind of the cohesive brand thing, um, which is a little outside of just making a pretty website, but at the same time, you know, it, it really does kind of pay off. So that's one other thing to consider is, you know, just uh, getting a designer that understands branding and stuff. Um, I mean, if you understand that kind of thing and you can give them enough direction to do that, then then by all means, just, you know, hire somebody that knows how to use Photoshop and pick colors and make things look good. But I'll tell you right now, that's really hard to do um, unless you're you're kind of building the whole package. So. So, yeah. So uh, just just be aware of that. So um, somebody brought up 99 designs. I'm a little curious as to what your experience has been with them. I had a fairly decent experience with them. It was, um, like I said, right after, right after they launched, or right after they got popular enough for a lot of people to notice. I mean, I used them to to build a, a website layout. So they were designed. I don't think I've ever used them for logos. I might be wrong there, but I mean, fairly good description of the app I was trying to build. It was for Rails Rumble. It was like a kid's birthday party RSVP thing. So if you have little kids that are in daycare, you'll know you get invited to a party a month, two parties a month, and you have no idea what this person's kid you're going to the party for wants as a toy. And you have to listen to your four-year-old tell you that (laughs) they want this thing because they just know they do. But... So it was to solve that problem, and I, I mean, it was a fairly fairly well-defined site, and I gave a ton of feedback. I mean, I was in a time crunch anyways because it was during Rails Rumble, but I think I got like, I don't know, 30 or, 30 or 40 designs. I think there was some promotion going on during the Rumble that got it to be featured for free or something like that, but you know, I had a decent experience with it. I've not used it since. I'd rather... I'd rather just trust a designer who I think stuff looks pretty. And in my world, pretty is as much as I know about design. So I find somebody whose stuff I think looks pretty and ask them to do something. And I try not to tweak it a whole bunch because they love it when you do that. (laughs) Yeah, that and I I mean, we love it, too, when people do that to us. I mean, oh, yeah, when people go change our code because they think they know how to. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Oh, not even that. It's more of Oh, I want you to do this. It shouldn't be that hard, right? It's just some flag in the database or something. (laughs) How many times have you heard that? (laughs) Yeah. Enough that I've got a picture of me and two middle fingers to send back every time I do. But (laughs) Here's the end of the string. Start pulling on it. And I've been an asshole client, I know, because I talked to a design friend of mine and asked him for questions. And he's talking about kerning. And I had to go look that shit up on the internet. I don't have no idea what kerning is. I still don't care what kerning is. But he says, well, tell me he needs more kern between the G and the something else and blah, blah, blah. It's like, psh. I was going to say, I know it has something to do with typography, but that's about it. Yeah, that's all I know, too. So when I went to 99designs, I was actually looking for a a logo design. And the problem is, is that you put your, your company name up and you say, make me a logo for this. And they all do the same thing. And so you've got you've got some fancy schmancy font that's got your words and it's got some dumbass looking picture. <laughs> You're just like, come on. You know, I, I want something I want something different. I want you know, I want something that, that's well, it's all, interesting. It's all gaming for them, too. Right. I mean, I, right. I haven't said it, but 
I mean, there's going to be a few people that get design out first. There's going to be a few people that get the same design out like 10 different ways. Yeah. 10 different pictures, 10 different fonts, 10 different like font sizing, word spacing, all that stuff. And then they're going to wait to see you give feedback. And then everybody's going to basically dogpile this one design that you like and give you a couple a couple of minor iterations on that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I saw. And the problem was, was that none of them really, you know, in the end I wanted a a logo that I really kind of loved and I, I just didn't, I mean, there were a few that I sort of liked, but none of them that I liked enough to actually pay for. And you know, the deal was it was my first time on 99 designs and so I could get a refund. So I just went back to him and I said, look, you know, all, all of these are crap. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate the effort these f- folks put in, but I, not enough to reward one of them with right. the money for the effort. But right, exactly. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, it, it really, I think experience varies depending on you know who you're using and what you're looking for. Um, well, there's also mm-hmm. not to beat this horse anymore, but I mean, there's also the whole uh, paradox of choice. You have 34 designs to look at and 34 designs to say which one you want. And so you, then you start doing the Chinese menu. I want the font from this one and the letter spacing from this one. I like the color from this one. <laughs> I sort of like the yep. picture from that one. Done that on 99 together. designs. Yep. And so that, I mean, I have, I got a, I've had a bunch of logos done for me, probably more than I ever should have had done. But I will go to, uh, like a logo nerds or the logo company, all these places that offer you like uh, a logo for 50 bucks or a hundred bucks. They'll give you three, three choices to start and then unlimited revisions within reason. And if I can't find something out of those first three to like, then uh, it's probably not a good fit. But nine times out of 10, there's something that's good enough. I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to be featured in like, I don't even know how to say N-O-U-P-E, that blog or any design awards. I mean, I just want a logo that looks all right to me. Right. Makes sense. So um, one other question I have for you is um, if you're just going to go buy like a, a normal theme, you know, something like off of ThemeForce, dot, is it .net or .com? I think it's ThemeForce.net. Anyway, um, you know, are there other sites, other good places to get themes? I, I've been referred to Woo Themes and ThemeForest by you guys. Are there they're any others? bazillion. They're bazillion. I don't know if any of them are any good anymore. I mean, there used to be back in the day OSWG, and I think that stood for open source web designs or something. And that was all free stuff. I don't know if it even still exists anymore. Uh, theme Forest seems to have taken over. Uh, certainly, if I'm looking for, I mean, they have a ton of stuff. The whole, it's not just Theme Forest. I mean, they've got like 12 web properties now and they sell uh, graphics and audio and video effects and all this stuff. I mean, uh, they've sort of taken over for me. You'll see a couple of copycats come in, like Media Loot, which does some stuff and. Uh, so they're on sort of that you buy one and you get one type thing. The Media Loot has a subscription. Woo Themes is sort of one of the first big uh, WordPress theme providers that I've used. Eric and I, I think, both found it through the same place, Micropreneur Academy. And it's, uh, it's a subscription. They have like 100 and 120 themes or something for WordPress, and they keep them up to date fairly, fairly regularly. And there's been some copies after that, like an Elegant Themes, or I don't know, I don't know who the other ones are. But uh, I mean, those are probably the two 
the two places I'd hit first if I was looking for sort of a cookie cutter site that looked good enough to do stuff. Right. And people, people think that, I mean, even if you look at uh, Theme Forest, you can look at the sales numbers and that's normally how I rank what I'm going to buy, how many people, how many other people have bought it. But you'll see something that sold 1,500 times and, oh, well, you're going to be just like everybody else on the internet. But who cares? I mean, 1,500 websites on the internet have this theme. I could care less. Yep. You know? Yep. Makes sense. All right. Well, we need to get into the picks because uh, I've got to get off this call in about 10 or 15 minutes. So That's um, why we have to get into the picks because you have to get off the call. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if 10 minutes is enough for all the picks. Well, let's let's see how uh, how quickly we can go. No, I dropped off. I dropped off during the middle. Karma's a bitch. I just have to say that karma is a bitch. There's a daily stand-up <laughs> meeting. And that sounds like the opener right there. It should be. There's a daily stand-up. I do a daily stand-up. Sixteen people stand-up team of teams type thing. And so there's one guy complaining about spending. 13 or 18 hours having to rebuild his Windows machine. And of course, I said some snark comment about, well, you should be using a Mac. <laughs> and of course, right after I said, I'm going to look up that thing for the quick tip, my whole Mac beach balls, everything beach ball. And I had to force quit a bunch of stuff. I really want to rename that dialogue to force choke, by the way. Mm-hmm. So if, if anyone from Apple is listening, let's call that force choke. But I couldn't even force kill everything. I ended up having to do a hard shutdown of my Mac Pro. So you'd make a really bad Sif. I know this is licensed <laughs> now. I'm going to get a Mac Pro. So when I don't show up in a few weeks because my wife has murdered me for upgrading my Mac Pro, that's why. <laughs> All right. Anyways, karma's a bitch. So, so what are your picks? Eon, the time tracking client for the Mac, 30 bucks. I, in a, the team of teams took on a new client, have a ton of work through them, and so I'm subbing some stuff out, and FreshBooks is just so much nicer for subs than basically anybody else. And they have an add-on. It's like an extra dollar a month to use some widget they had. Cashboard had a dashboard widget that was really cool. But Eon basically supports everybody. They support like 40 different time tracking apps. Looks really cool. And so uh, that's pick one for me. Uh, Pick two and three are a series by Matt Jamel. It's how developers can help designers and how designers can help developers. I've linked to both of them in Freelancing Weekly, which can be pick four. And uh, they're really good. And finally, chopchop.org. It's a Poland PSD to XHTML shop. They're awesome. I've used them for a ton of stuff. And they're really, really, really good. I uh, can't recommend them enough, probably. All That's right. Um, Evan, what are your picks? For design, frankly, I got nothing. But when it comes to doing CSS, because I really hate it, um, I would have to recommend the uh, library or the RubyGem Compass. Because uh, Compass has made CSS remotely even attractive and fun for me to work in because I'm not working in CSS. I'm working in SAS with a bunch of super awesome mix-ins that um, just make my life a whole lot easier. Um, And because I've been traveling so much lately, I don't have other picks other than first class. (laughs) 
as in first travel. Class? Yeah. Oh, if you okay. can travel first class, <laughs> get upgrades. How much does it usually cost to upgrade to first class? Because I never even look. If you fly enough, it doesn't really cost you anything. And I've been flying a lot last year. So um, that's the if thing. If you don't you fly, fly enough, you can't afford it. Yeah, if you don't fly enough, <laughs> you really don't want to do it. Right. I mean, it's the order of magnitude at least more expensive than coach tickets. Eh, right. It's not always. It's no. It's not always that bad. But usually, it's pretty bad. All right. But hey, being able to work on the plane as opposed to not, it could almost pay for itself. I've actually thought I've done the math on it before. Yeah, you pay the ten bucks for the in-flight wireless, or or if you have everything you need on the plane. But yeah, in-flight wireless, right. Airbus. Uh, with A320, 100, 200s, uh, at least in U.S. Airways, the crappy airline that I have. Um, I could curse about them the new end on this podcast, which would be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but they have Wi-Fi, and so Wi-Fi plus first class equals uh, several hours of productive work if you want it, which is nice. Right. Sounds good. Eric, what are your picks? Um, okay, so I have a couple that are design-related. Um, first one, there's a book that's coming out called Bootstrapping Design by Jared Drysdale. Um, he's still working on it, but he gave me a, like an advanced early copy of it. It's pretty awesome. Like it's targeted towards developers. Like I mean, Evan said, hates CSS, can't really figure it out, doesn't like working in it. But it's targeted to people like him and like me, where it's like we can bumble our way through it, but this kind of gives you the higher level topics of like, here's how you make a layout. Here's why typography matters. And then he actually, one of the big things he talked about is like, don't ever really worry about color theory. Like color theory is useless if you're not a, you know, an intermediate to advanced designer. And for me, that's great because I've spent probably days trying to figure out what colors to pick for different things and, you know, just pick the standards and move on. So that's the first one. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. I say that's bootstrapping design. Um, like I said, it's not out yet. I think it has two, maybe three chapters you can get, so you can get some good ones. Um, from that, he recommended a, a I don't know, app, I guess, called Font Deck, which lets you basically get web fonts. Um, really, really good. Like you don't really realize how good it is to use a high quality font on an app. And I played, like I said, I played with it yesterday, and. I think I'm going to end up paying like 12 bucks a year and my site looks completely different. So that's font deck. Uh, it's really easy to use. It's like one uh, link tag in rails and you're good to go. And then my third pick, um, haven't used them yet, but it's interesting. It's called style late or something. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it's basically for 250 bucks, you get a domain name and you get a logo that's made for that domain name. So it's a pretty good little idea. And the whole premise is that if you're building a startup, you're going to be renaming, you're going to be changing your brand, you're going to be doing all these things, all these pivots. And you don't want to spend a week trying to figure out what name to get, spend $10,000 on that name, and then change your name two weeks later. So I looked at it. I didn't actually use them for the app I'm building, but there was two choices on there that I was I was like really thinking about getting. But it's good to take a look at it. They get a little bit of inventory every few weeks, looks like, and there might be something you can just get, throw it in your app, and then there you have a logo, you have a domain name. You can move on, build it, and actually have something useful. All right. Terrific. All right, so I have a couple of picks. Um, the first one is I actually have Photoshop. I have a friend that works at Adobe, so um, he hooked me up. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I got the employee pricing. (laughs) So um, anyway, uh, so I really like it. But um, if you want to do things kind of on the cheap and you're on a Mac, uh, Acorn is a good alternative to uh, Photoshop. Um, And it works really well. It'll actually open the PSDs. Um, It's not 100%, um, but for, for most designs, it's worked really well for me. Um, before I had Photoshop, um, if you're on, um, if you're on another system, like on Linux, you can also use GIMP It's G I M P. Um, not the most beautiful interface in the world, but it will work. Um, um, let's correction. It is probably the worst interface in the world, but it will work. Yeah. It is terrible. I was going to say, I, I, and Jeff mentioned it in chat. I use Pixelmator, but, uh, that's how much I know about it. You know, I've, I've never used it on a PSD before, so I don't even know if it will work, but I suspect it will. Probably most, most of these programs can open them. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, I've also used a lot of the other things that Jeff mentioned, uh, a lot of the other sites. Um, and, and a lot of those are pretty good. Um, I like media loot because it, it doesn't just give you, um, designs, but it'll give you elements and, and images. So I've, I've actually purchased a few elements off of there that I'm going to use in different websites, uh, you know, like icons. And, um, I think I, I think I got off of AppSumo. I got, you know, a, a subscription deal there and I actually wound up, um, I wound up getting like countdown timer images and stuff. So it was a year end special they were doing. It was like 50 bucks for 800 credits or some ridiculous thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that worked out pretty well. Um, and then one other thing that uh, I, I'm just I'm excited about Mountain West and the opportunity to network with people. And so um, if you if you're coming to Mountain West, I just want to uh, let you know that, uh, you know, we'll be out there. We'll be looking for for folks. So if you are yeah, a freelancer Chuck and me, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Yes. yes, the two yay. of us. Evan's um, the one you want to punch in the face. <sighs> I love you, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, just ask him about object-oriented design and all that. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not one of those. Yeah, that's what we're talking about on Ruby Roads next week. But anyway, so uh, anyway, with that, all that being said, if you're if you're at Mountain West, uh, look us up. I'm actually a local at Mountain West. I'm I'm from Utah. So uh, you know, if you want to uh, go see some of the cool stuff in Salt Lake City, then by all means, uh, let me know, and we'll figure out you know how we can get around to Temple Square or you know some of the other stuff that's out there. Um, and uh, beyond that, um, thanks for listening. You can catch us on iTunes. Leave us a review. We really appreciate that. Um, we also have an RSS subscribe link up. I've had a f- quite a few people asking about that because they're listening on something other than an Apple device, an iTunes device. So you can you can definitely pick that up. Uh, Wait, people do that? People do what? Listen to us on anything other than an Apple device. You would be surprised how many people are listening to us on their Android phone. Oh, good Lord. I feel sorry for them. Yeah, I haven't found a good podcatcher yet that I like on my Android phone, but... Uh, if you have one that you like, let me know what it is. And uh, you can also leave us a comment on the blog. And uh, I do try and respond to to uh, some of those. I don't check it every day just because I, I don't have time. But uh, yeah, so if you have any feedback, uh, click the feedback link. If you have uh, ideas, you can also put that up uh, by going to rubyfreelancers.com and just clicking on that freelance or freelance free feedback, feedback link. And uh, we'll get that and we will take it into consideration for topics on the show. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. See ya. Bye. Later.